0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse podcast. This is episode number four hundred fifty-eight. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Reichstrol. Hey, Kevin.
1: Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's going pretty
0: pretty well. Uh, just I'm in the process of moving, so it's been it's been a little crazy. That's why we had off last week. This week on the show, however, we're we're trying to make up for it. We have two reviews lined up with Hellraiser and Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. We'll also be going over some of what we have been watching on the watch list and this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That'd be great. Uh, I think we can just jump straight into our first review. Which one do you want to start with?
1: it doesn't matter to me.
0: Oh, well, let's go with Mona Lisa because that's, that's what we were planning on uh, uncovering originally last week and then... I just didn't have time with the move and everything. So let's start with that one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have a synopsis here. A girl with unusual powers escapes from a mental asylum and tries to make it on her own in New Orleans. This is directed by Anna Lily Amapour, uh also written by her. Stars Kate Hudson and um, John John Sil, Craig Robinson's in there as well. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. What were your initial impressions of Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon?
1: Uh, The initial impressions is I had no expectations for this. Nor did I. I I really did not like her last movie, The Bad Batch. So expectations were fairly low.
0: I like her as a director, but I I, I also did not like The Bad Batch. But sorry, continue. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised by this. This felt like a throwback to me where it's just, there's this woman, do has powers? Do they explain the powers? How she got the powers? Nope. She just has them. And yeah. she's just in New Orleans and that's it.
0: I had that's, a, that's, that's it. Yep. I had an absolute blast with this movie. I thought it was fantastic. I, I like you, I, di- I did feel like it was kind of a throwback and I just appreciated it for what it was. It's not trying to be this big grandiose spectacle or anything like that. It's, it's very stripped down, but it's just, it's just so much fun. Like I just had a great time with it.
1: Yeah. And it's still got, you know, it's still got her style, you know, the visual flares that there's, especially when uh, she escapes the asylum and like makes her way to New Orleans. It's just, It's fantastic looking. I. It's it's fun. It's also fun. It's not, this isn't super serious. No. I mean, it does get serious in spots, but for the most part it's just her having powers and people using them or not using them. Yep. And people trying to find her. That's it. It's a super simple movie and it's fun and it's good.
0: It is. It is fun and good. It subverts your expectations (laughs) in a lot of ways too. You think that you know, certain characters are going to act a certain way or be a certain archetype, and they're not. And I think that that's another thing that I appreciate about her movies is that she tends to want to go against the grain when it comes to tropes. And uh, that definitely happens with this, specifically with, like, the Kate Hudson character and the Ed Screen character. Like, you, you think that they're going to be go one way, and they go a different way and i i definitely appreciated that i love the ed screen character by the way as fuzz yes he he very he seemed to be channeling um franco's character from spring breakers in this what was his yes. name of that like alien or something yeah but, i think I mean, it was the alien but uh he definitely seemed to be channeling that that type of of person and um he did a great job as that character I thought he was hilarious and I just loved his car and his house and all of that stuff. And I think that that leads me to one of my favorite things about this movie. And that's the, just the visuals, the production design and the, um, the production design and the, the cinematography I thought were absolutely fantastic through and through. Like I loved it. Like this is my jam right here. You have these gorgeous wide shots like specifically the, the convenience store, I loved every time they would cut to a wide shot. The fisheye, there's lots of fisheye, like handheld fisheye in this, which I think complements the, the locale, the, the New Orleans locale, like really, really perfectly. And um, lots of color in this, you know, like a lot of the scenes take place <laughs> at night, but it's still kind of like bathed in color and it's just very vibrant and i like that a lot about it too just a gorgeous movie overall
1: yeah it's just it seems like we don't get a lot of those types of movies where you kind of have that like you said it's nighttime but it's it's nightlife mhm it's the city nightlife with all the lights and everything yeah it's just it's,
0: it's very just great it's very palette. electric there's lots of mm-hmm.
1: there's lots of life in
0: it and i just i liked that a lot um some of the production design, like I mentioned, Fuzz's house and like the hospital that that is uh, there's there's a couple scenes that take place in a hospital that look crazy. I mean, it's just awesome. Like just the visuals in this are just so good. I, I loved every second of it.
1: Yeah, I just I, I don't know what it is, but I just really appreciate her not explaining the powers. There's no backstory. Yeah. And, and about the powers.
0: Yeah, and at one point, someone asks her, I think it's the kid, I I can't remember, but someone asked her, like, you know, how did you get the powers? And she's like, I don't know. And then that's it. (laughs) That's just the, that's the end of it. Yeah. And also, you know, also with a lot of these movies where you have, like, kind of an indie sci-fi movie like this, there's usually some kind of build up to, like, you know, a big culminating scene at the end. But that's not really how this plays out and i appreciated that too like i didn't i didn't feel like it needed to escalate into this big crescendo at the end where like you know she goes on a killing rampage or anything like that or like yeah. picks up a bus or something you know like usually usually there's something like huge that happens at the end of these movies during the climax and that that's not the case here it's very understated and i i appreciated that i liked how it ended i was i was a little concerned as i was watching it like how's she gonna wrap this up i don't know but the what she did with it i i liked i liked it a lot
1: yeah i gotta say i was i was completely surprised by this this i mean i could easily see this being like a cult classic type deal
0: yeah this is a sleeper this is definitely a sleeper hit because you i mean i didn't hear granted i've been out of the out of the loop for a few weeks, but I didn't hear much buzz or talk no. about this. No, and I either. feel like people are sleeping on it and they shouldn't be because it is well worth a look. And the other thing is it's a Saban films release, which is kind of weird too. Cause Saban usually doesn't now they do. They do. They're kind of one of the only players in like the mid tier, like mid budget movie. And this is definitely, a, I would say a mid budget movie. Like there's some, larger names in it and clearly there was a lot of work put into making it look great and stuff so there's there's definitely a budget here um but it's just it's still a weird like Savan usually doesn't release this kind of movie
1: yeah and i think that's another thing that even if there you know there's not buzz for this movie or discussion about it i'm kind of surprised that there isn't more discussion of Kate Hudson. I know. She's
0: so good in this. Yeah. I mean, this this I, is like a, a great role for her. And I feel
1: like I haven't seen her in anything. Exactly. That's kind of really what I'm thinking. i like, I don't. I can't remember the last time I saw Kate Hudson in something. Yeah. I mean, she's going
0: to be in Glass Onion, which, you know, but that doesn't come out till towards the end of the year. And yeah, she was. I mean, she's been in stuff, but like just smaller things. And she, this is like a standout performance for her as, as Bonnie.
1: Yeah. I think it's just no one's seen it. Yeah.
0: Craig Robinson too. He was great. Yeah. In this too. I mean, I mean, he was funny, but he wasn't like over the top or anything. It was, it was good. This is definitely a movie that I could see myself rewatching, which is kind of a rare thing these days. Yeah. Cause it, it's just, I, I had so much fun with it. And again, just love that cinematography. She she did such a good job. And, yeah, It's just to be clear, the Bad Batch looked great too. Like I remember yeah. that, that the visuals yeah. in the Bad Batch were awesome. It's just that it was so unremarkable as far as the the narrative. But here, it, it, it checks all the
1: boxes. Yeah, and I think she just has this. Everything comes together in terms of like creating an atmosphere. That you don't get to see in movies a lot nowadays, or I should say, in the movies that I'm watching. Maybe there are more out there, but the atmosphere is just like the nightlife—it's mm-hmm. like it's like after a certain, it's after a certain time frame of night where it's just the freaks are out. Yeah, I the love it. Are out. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. Yeah, uh, highly recommend this. Don't don't let this one slip by. I. Think it needs to get more love, and it—I it, mean, it, it's it's fantastic. And and we didn't didn't mention, uh, John Jung who is the main character. Uh, she does a, a pretty fantastic job too. You may know her from Burning, or if you watched the Korean Money Heist uh, on Netflix, the the Korean version of Money okay. Heist. I didn't see that. I saw Burning, but. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's great in this as well. So oh, I love I love the the costume design on this too. Like just all the outfits seemed so perfect. Yes. I mean the it, she did such a great job. I mean, uh, like again, I think that you could easily draw comparisons to uh Harmony Korine with Spring Breakers or even like Sean Baker, I think w- would be a good comparison where they're able to Kind of capture that 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 uh that culture. I love it. Like you know, like black lights and poster like airbrushed posters of mushrooms <laughs> and that 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 type of thing. The only thing I the only thing that I noticed or didn't notice rather was there's a scene when Ed Screen opens his fridge and I didn't see any four locos in there. I feel like there should have been some four locos.
1: He already drank them. Oh, probably, yeah. He does, yeah, he doesn't have a stock of them. As yeah. soon as he comes in possession of them, gone. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, um,
0: any, any final thoughts on Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon?
1: No, I think i just reiterate what you said. Is that don't miss I think this is one of the sleepers of the year.
0: Yeah, just don't go into it expecting some kind of like crazy balls out action movie or anything like that it, it is more no, of a, it's just it's more of a character piece and it just does such a good
1: job at what it sets out I, to do i think it's just really good as a throwback without it doesn't seem like it's operating in that lane of like i'm going to create a throwback mm-hmm. you know oh yeah, it comes yeah. Off, you know like just riddled with nostalgia this is just something that works and you are like oh yeah you know what on the flip side, it works as a throwback, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great.
0: All right, let's go ahead and give it a score. I'm sitting at like, man, I am pretty high on this one. I'm at like an eight, eight and a half. I, I put myself at like a seven
1: and a half, I think.
0: All right. So definitely check that out. It is on VOD right now, so you can give it a look, and I would highly recommend it. Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. Let's move on and talk about our next film Hellraiser. This is the new one that dropped on Hulu this past week. I have a synopsis here. A take on Clive Barker's 1987 horror classic where a young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession of an ancient puzzle box, unaware that its purpose is to summon the Cenobites. This is directed by David Bruckner. Now... David Bruckner is a guy who I've been keeping an eye on this this fella because he did Southbound, which we both liked quite a bit. He did um, segments in the VHS series, uh, the first VHS. He did The Ritual, which was an I think that was a Netflix movie. Liked that mm-hmm. quite a bit, and then he before this he did The Night House which was uh, a surprise. That was a movie that I just kind of, I watched it on an airplane, just on a whim. And I came away from that. That's the one with Rebecca Hall. Liked that quite a bit. So I think that this is a, this is an interesting guy to, to keep an eye on. I had no expectations going into this movie. The Anyone who's a fan of the Hellraiser franchise will know that Pretty much anything past the second Hellraiser is garbage. I think the third one has its moments and is pretty fun, but I wouldn't call it a good movie by any stretch. And everything past that is just straight to video trash. So, yeah, I didn't have any expectations going into this. They were low, very low expectations. Especially because the recent Texas Chainsaw reboot or sequel or whatever you want to call it that, that dropped on Netflix a while back. Like that was so bad. I just, um, you know, I just, I I don't know. I I wasn't really feeling this, but I was hopeful because I am such a fan of the the series and, and especially the first, the first one. And I got to say like, for what it is, it's not too bad. I have issues with it, Definitely, and we'll get into it, but um, I was kind of surprised at how much I enjoyed this. It, there's no comparison to the original or even the sequel, hellbound, but for what it is, I think it's um you know it's a pretty effective little horror movie. What were your, what, what were your initial impressions?
1: Uh, I think I kind of I slightly disagree with you, I think.: I did. Like, I, of course, my expectations weren't that high either. Like, the original Hellraiser is the, one of the best things ever. It's just incredible. So I'm just kind of reluctant to begin with. And then I just... Like, I remember, like, texting you afterwards where I'm just like, this this was about nothing. Like, I know that you're going to make some changes to the original, you know? A lot. In this case, yeah. a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Basically everything.
1: Which- well, and the, like the thing that I knew going in, the biggest change that I knew that there was going to be is I knew, I just knew in this day and age that it wasn't going to be as, like as sex forward as the original was, because, I mean, it all comes down to in the original, the woman's like, all right, we got to kill people so you can get skin back and then we can start having sex again. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the the main reason that she starts doing this, because she's just desperate to have sex with this man again who doesn't have skin in the moment i get him some skin boom they're back in business i knew that that wasn't going to be a part of this movie not in this day and age it's just not going to happen but i thought it would be replaced with something and to me it just it felt like it wasn't like there was just nothing like she accidentally comes across the puzzle box and then she's like oh shit, we gotta try and end the puzzle box thing and that's about it. And it just goes on forever, and nothing. Re- I th- I was honestly waiting for something to happen about like an hour or so in, and just nothing yet really happened. It's just a huge disappointment for me.
0: Um. Yeah, I would. I agree with everything you said. I wouldn't say it's a. It wasn't necessarily a disappointment for me, just because <laughs> I had no. <laughs> I did like I. There was nothing. <laughs> there was really nothing for me going into it uh it is overly long it's 2 hours long unnecessary uh i i don't know why it's so long the um i i completely agree the the whole the whole point the whole story about hellraiser is that that line between pleasure and pain and it's like ultimate sensory experiences and that whole like the whole like hellraiser mythos like everything that clive barker created in his short story is completely lost in this and i think that it is trying to like redesign the hellraiser story for like a woke culture and it just doesn't it doesn't work because everything feels so lacking as a result you strip away the underlying things that make Hellraiser Hellraiser and you just leave the Cenobites and I think any, any fans of the series will know that that's not really like that's a part of it but that's not really the thing that makes Hellraiser so creepy and get get on it gets under your skin in, in that way with that being said the uh the, the new design or the new Cenobites that are on display here the uh, the new Pinhead, I I liked uh, Jamie Clayton as. Uh, Wait, that's her, right? Yeah, that's her. Yeah. But so it just,
1: it, does Jamie Clayton do the voice? Yeah, I mean, it was just it, al- was, the, it was just altered. Because the voice just reminded me of it sounded exactly like whatever the the Stranger Things. Vecta. I can't. Yeah, it sounded like Vecna. It sounded exactly like Vecna, and I was like, "Do they have the guy that did the voice of Vecna doing the voice of Pinhead?"
0: Yeah, you can hear. Um, so uh, Jamie Clayton was from Sense Eight, if you uh, saw that show on Netflix, and yeah, you can you can hear her voice in there, but they just modulated it and changed it around a bit. I think I think she's a good new Pinhead. Like that that was good. The design on the other. Cenobites for me was like hit a little bit hit and miss. They looked yeah. they they definitely they looked different than what fans of the uh, the original series are used to. In that um, it's less like leathery and it's more hot couture yeah it's like they it, have it, fashion in this other dimension. exactly exactly and it's it's very plasticky too like every everything looks kind of plasticky and i wasn't really into it like the creature work that like the actual creatures i thought were fine like they looked cool you know you have like the chatter the teeth chatterer and all of that stuff in there And and i thought that a lot of the actual makeup design looked quite good but, like just like the outfits and like what they were wearing and stuff, it it, it didn't quite really fit what I was kind of hoping. Like when I think of Hellraiser, I think of like 90s industrial, you know, like that kind of goth, yeah. leather spikes, that that whole thing. And that really wasn't present here in these. So that was another uh, bit of a bummer, but yeah, you know, they, they weren't they weren't too bad
1: no the weeper was really good yes I could have used more weeper yes the weeper I don't need the chatty teeth, the chatty teeth guy because he's just kind of boring he just has chattering teeth Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which seems kind of like everyone has like a very distinct like numerous modulations and like tent poles stuck through their faces and shit and he's just like ah, my teeth chatter
0: he's been a kind of a mainstay in the whole series. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's been in all of them pretty much.
1: Something about something about chatter and teeth just gets people.
0: The the other thing that's just not quite as good as the original is just the whole plot of this, like the whole narrative. It feels it nothing. if yeah, it feels much <laughs> more like a like a slasher movie than than it does a hellraiser movie. What you have here is like this like the synopsis says there's this young woman, she gets the puzzle box, and, like, she's trying to, like, protect her, her friends and her family, basically, as they stupidly end up getting... Like, in in this version, when you solve one of the configurations, it, like, a little spike comes out and cuts you. And that's um what basically designates you the next target for the Cenobites. So, that's a little different than the original. But... It's just um, not very. It's just not very interesting. It's a little no. bit lackluster. Now, what I will say is the effects work. I liked quite a bit, and every time a new person would get targeted, I thought that that was where the movie really kind of shines. Like the, I mean, it, sh-
1: it shines, but it's also it's also lackluster in that regard too, because there's just not. Like, you know, the first targeting essentially happens off screen. Or Mm -hmm. no, not the first. I should say the first in the... Because there's the very first one. I'm thinking of the first one that involves... Right. It just... A lot of it felt like it was just... Because the only one that they really show, like, getting... You know, where they tear the soul apart or whatever, isn't one of the actual characters. It's just one of the... One of the Cenobites, which felt like a cop-out to me.
0: I like that that little twist that that they were able to do that with the Cenobites. I thought that was kind of cool, but I, I I see your point about it, it being a bit of a cop out. Um, the there's a scene where, so you know, it, it, like the other movies, when the Cenobites come, they basically kind of break reality and and create doorways out of areas that may not be actual doors, like. You know, in walls and stuff like that. And the interesting, probably one of the most interesting scenes in this movie is when one of the one of the people gets targeted, they put her in a van and they're driving and they're trying to get away from her. And the Cenobites are able to, like, create a doorway in the van. But the way that the effect of that looked so cool uh, it was probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. And I, I i liked most of the effects work. It seems like they tried to do things practically as much as they could. So it's not like over... The CG is not like overused, I don't think. I think that they tried to do practical effects as much as possible. And I appreciate that too. But yeah, I mean, it, it's like... Compared to the other Hellraiser movies, I still think it's probably the third best in the series. Uh, there's there's some fun kills in here. There's some gore. The uh, machine. Th- I did I did like the whole like uh, where if you complete all the configurations, you get to meet with like their god or whatever, and and ha- and then you you can pick one of the uh, configurations to apply to you. And everything that happened with uh, what's his name, Goren Viz- Viznik's character Voight, like that machine that was in him, I thought that was cool. It was a cool design. So there, there were definitely elements that I liked, and I was over entertained by this overall. I just didn't think it was anything too special.
1: Yeah, it's just
0: it's completely un
1: to me and unmemorable
0: it is definitely i mean i watched this on on friday we're recording this on monday and it's large portions i think are already leaving my brain so it's yeah again two hour runtime guys not necessary not necessary everything is prestige especially assume
1: is longer, I guess,
0: especially because like not a lot happens in this movie. Like it's mostly just a group of 20 somethings stuck in a mansion, continuously solving the puzzle and calling on the Cenobites. That's pretty much what it is.
1: Yeah. But even that doesn't happen until like an hour or so into the movie.
0: And the characters are just not that compelling either. They're not horrible, but they're just not, they're not very they just don't really have not a lot to
1: them. personalities. No, they don't have personalities. They're just, they're just upset with Riley. Cause she's an addict. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you got to include that, that whole thing in there, you know? Yeah. You haven't seen the addiction metaphor in a while. And by a while, I mean like two weeks. Um, yeah, it's, it's fine. Cinematography, I thought was good. It looks. I think it's a good looking movie overall. Maybe some of the specific designs I wasn't a fan of, but like just in general, I
1: thought it looked good. Again, we just need some color. Stuff needs to happen in the daytime. Mm-hmm. You know, let's have a skinless guy crawling around on a wooden floor with lights on. That shit's creepy. This shit just well, happened at night I, and you I, can't really see anything. Like, oh, big Yeah. And, and I think that that's oh. one
0: a big thing that needs to be discussed and, and compared with the original. This is not scary. The original one is very scary. It's very creepy. It's it. It's like, it makes your skin crawl. The original one. Very disturbing. It's very disturbing. This one. No, not really. Not really. Not a lot going on in this one that would disturb you. I mean, there's some gore. Yeah. Like, Sure. There and and like the the thing the thing that like tweaks that dude's nerves, like that's that's creepy. That's a little you know. Yeah. That'll make you shudder a yeah. little bit when you see it. But Yeah.
1: And that guy getting his arm degloved. Oh yeah, the degloving. And yeah. that was that was the only thing where I was like mm, goodness.
0: Yeah, so there's de- I mean, yeah. There's there's definitely gore and stuff, but it's just nowhere on the same level we're not on the same level as as the first two Hellraiser movies. And those those two are just so far superior to this. But uh I I hope that maybe this will maybe put things in the right direction for the series because all of those straight to video Hellraiser movies were so bad. The last one especially, the one where I think it was the last one where they switched out Doug Bradley for another actor and it was like laughably bad I mean it was so horrifically bad mm-hmm. I can't remember which one that was if it was like wasn't Hell World I don't know but they it, that movie that series got so ridiculous They they just ran it into the ground I'd be curious to know what uh Clive Barker thinks of this reboot. Yeah. Cause I bet he doesn't like it. I, I bet he's like, what what happened to all the crazy sex torture stuff?
1: I mean, yeah, it is a. it does seem to be a very, very big part of the entire thing. Which I understand, like, you know, okay, moving away from Clive Barker, let's make it sound like they didn't. Exactly.
0: All right, well, let's go ahead and give this a score. What are you going to give Hellraiser
1: 2022? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Um, a four.
0: All right, I'm going to give it a five and a half. So just pretty much average for me.
1: I think I would amend mine to a three. Okay, I'm dropping it down. All right. Or just seems way too high.
0: If you want to see this, it is on Hulu, so... If you have a Hulu subscription, you can give it a look there. Let's move on and talk about some of what we have been watching. I believe it's your turn this week, Kevin. Okay. I
1: watched uh, Scott Cooper's antlers. Hey, I saw this. Antlers. Uh, my expectations, again, were too high for this. Uh, from most of what I've read is people did not like this. So I was just like, oh, whatever. See how this plays out. But I was actually kind of surprised by this. This is what I found to be disturbing. And I mean, it has that um, kind of that the the whole metaphor of, you know, um, like meth and stuff affecting the small town or whatever and Mm -hmm. various people being abused and whatnot. So it has that aspect, but it didn't, to me, it didn't feel like it was constantly reiterating that metaphor. It was one of those things where I could just kind of not pay attention to that and just kind of pay attention to the, the windigo aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And to me, it worked. It was unsettling. It was creepy. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's really all I was hoping from Antlers. And that's what he gave me. I liked this too,
0: I, I thought this was pretty good. I would, I would recommend checking out some antlers. Do it. Definitely. All right. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot of time to see anything, really, um, because I'm also working on, say, by the 90s, uh, and we're doing Stephen King stuff for that, so I've been watching those. I did uh, watch a couple other things that were at Fantastic Fest that I didn't talk about uh, last time. And the first one I'll mention is Everyone Will Burn. This is directed by David Hebrero. Uh, this is kind of a disturbing uh, Spanish film that involves a young girl. Actually, I don't know how old she is. She's a teenager, but she's like, uh, I think she has dwarfism and she has powers. She can, she can do, oh, she can, boy. yeah, sort, sort of like, uh, sort of like Mona Lisa, I guess. But she can she can do things. She's like telekinesis. She, she has like pyrokinesis, and she could pretty much control people, do whatever she wants. And um, so it's a this woman who her her son, her young son, committed suicide, and years later she still hasn't been able to like cope with it, and she decides that she's going to commit suicide. This, uh, this teenager just kind of shows up and saves her or talks her down basically. And the, the woman takes her in, starts to like kind of treat her as, as her daughter. And eventually the, the townsfolk get, get wind of this and like realize that this, this girl has powers and they want to try to stop her. And uh, there's this like kind of a culty thing going on. There's this like prophecy. It's it's interesting, but it just doesn't go. It doesn't go quite far enough. Like it's a little bit bonkers, and it hints at like really crazy shit. And there there are a couple scenes that are pretty wild, but by and large it's just kind of a little bit lackluster it's it's shot quite well uh i like the just the the story in and of itself i think is compelling and it's a it's a decent movie but i just wish that it leaned a little bit more into the just crazy out of control nature of it like it feels like it's being held back But uh, yeah, maybe a light recommend. Everyone will burn. Is the title?
1: I know for that one. Yeah,
0: a lot of people. A lot of people do uh, (laughs) have very bad things happen to them.
1: Burned up. Uh, In anticipation of the new Mike Flanagan series coming to Netflix, decided to watch one of his one of his films. So we watched his his debut Absentia. 2011 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the low budget the low budget debut Flanagan uh, I gotta say I was I was quite taken with this especially for you know knowing what the budget is you know and it being you can tell right off the bat this is a low budget indie horror movie but I think in, in spite of that it works really well it has a creepy atmosphere to it has like a nice little hint at like a folklore aspect of like the these like abandoned tunnel situation almost like a precursor to us where the you know the the american network of all these abandoned tunnels and how they line up with people disappearing and of course you know the the police in this area not really caring because the type of people that are disappearing just you know they don't jump on it and i got to say it was creepy enough to, you know despite its budget and i think overall pretty damn good all right so i would also recommend that one i mean I, it's not going to blow you away but it definitely you can definitely see like watching the later flanagans and stuff and then going back and seeing this you can be like okay yeah you can see that this dude had talent
0: yeah um i i remember not liking this but i don't i maybe I need to revisit it cuz
1: i don't know I, I don't remember anything about it really Well, it's like uh, this woman, her sister comes to spend time with her because her husband's been missing for seven years. So she's in the process of declaring him dead in absentia so she can get, you know, life insurance and everything because you have to wait seven years. So she's finally going to do it and get the ball rolling on everything and kind of move on with her life. But of course, the day of, dude shows up, but he's not the same something's going on and then it gets into that a little bit and it's just, it's pretty fucked up.
0: Cool. Um, all right. I saw the third Saturday in October part five. This is directed by Jay, uh, This is a throwback to nineties, uh, supposedly like nineties slashers, I guess it, um, the whole premise here, is that it is the fifth in a franchise that's like been totally worn out. You know, it's it's sort of like a mocking Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, these franchises that just kept going and going and going and like Hellraiser, you know, running them into the ground.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, the thing is, though, it's like, it doesn't really capitalize too much on that idea. Like, at the end of the day, it just feels like not a very good slasher. And it's like, okay, if you're setting out to make a bad slasher, like, do something interesting. Don't just make a bad slasher on purpose, because who's going to like that? Now, there are some interesting aspects to this. It doesn't really feel like it's set in the 90s to me. Like, it still kind of looks like it. I mean, it's shot on digital, I wish they would have done something to make it look more authentic. It, it does at times, but I um I don't I don't know. It was okay as as far as a slasher goes. It was fine. Nothing like it was. It was intentionally bad, but it was still kind of fun. I wasn't buying the whole like oh this is the fifth in a series that that whole thing. Now, um, in, in conjunction with this, that the, the director also made the third Saturday in October, the prequel, he made it like right after this one. So I didn't watch that. So this one, so the, the fifth part takes place in the nineties. The first one takes place in the eighties. Um, so, so maybe that one is, uh, is more fun or better. I don't know, but it's just uh they're they're average i would say i think i think horror fans will enjoy them i would i would say it's sort of like dude bro party massacre 3 but i think it's better than dude bro party massacre 3
1: honestly it just sounds like you're saying a bunch of words together <laughs> yeah i'm not 100% sure if i believe this is a movie yeah yeah they are they are like sometimes you're just messing with me, mm-hmm. just to see if, <laughs> just, just like, like making up know. movies, <laughs> yeah, to see if you'll like, let's, let's see if, if you call me out over. on it. <laughs> Been phoning it for like the last four years. <laughs> just keep. It's made up whole franchises, directors.
0: I did. I have seen a couple TikToks where people recommend movies on Netflix that aren't even real. Like I've seen that come up before.
1: Oh, my. Well, I guess that's a good segue from my last one because I wish this wasn't actually a movie that you could watch. But I'm here to tell you about it so you don't make the same mistake I did, and that is waste 90 minutes. But that's what, that's what it says. It says 90 minutes. The, the real-feel runtime on this is, like, an absorbent amount of, of hours. It just goes on forever. I think I'm still watching it, actually. <laughs> I'm it's trapped in a perpetual paused. hell of my own making. That's The Snare from 2017, The Snare directed by CA Cooper. This is on Tubi. This is the first say. thing I watched. The first thing I watched on Tubi that sucked so much. This is one of those things where like this messed me up for like a day or so, not because it's like a disturbing horror movie or anything like that. It just messed me up because it was like How did I make such a bad decision? (laughs) Like, I just, like, I felt really bad about myself for like a day and a half. Just like, man, I, like, I've made a huge mistake in my life. I I wish there was some way I could rectify it. And I guess the only thing that I can do to redeem myself is to let you know about it so you never watch it. So that's, it's called the snare. It's on Tubi. Don't ever type those letters into the search bar and just act like it doesn't exist. It's absolutely terrible. It makes no sense, not a lick of sense. And it's not in a fun way where they're just like, ah, we're just doing stuff. It, it feels like it wants to be about something, but just visually, it's just, in, in terms of visual storytelling, it's just absolute gibberish. Like things happen and then something will happen directly after it that just completely, you just saw null and void. So you're like, okay, so was that actually a thing that happened? <laughs> and then, like, that's the whole end of the movie. It's just a series of that where you're like, oh, okay, this is happening. And immediately it's like, okay, that didn't happen, I guess. I don't know. Is this happening? Oh, okay, that didn't happen. Everything is in maybe someone's head, but maybe not. Like, it's just absolute garbage. Just garbage. Perhaps one of the worst movies I've seen in a long, long, long time. I just hate I get. I'm so angry with myself. Mm, that sucks. The snare. It's just, It's been a while that I've had a movie that I've watched maybe that made me feel like really bad about myself. Like what kind of person am I that I would make this decision? I should be smarter. Yeah, I feel
0: that a lot. <laughs> I feel that all the time. <laughs> I, I make bad decisions with movies on an almost weekly basis. <laughs> Alright let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week Halloween ends is the biggie I guess we'll be oh, re- yeah. yeah that's going to be on Peacock too Peacock Yeah it's going to be on Peacock also Peacock mm-hmm.
1: How yeah. about that yeah,
0: yeah, Wait was the last one The last one was on Peacock too wasn't it, well, it was, or, wasn't or it was some kind of like Because I don't think we saw That in the theater did we
1: I did I know I did oh,
0: Okay then I must have too
1: I always forget that Peacock's a thing.
0: So do I. I mean, I I did a trial of it. One. I'll probably do another trial <laughs> to watch this movie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't really have a lot to offer. There's a couple things on there. I mean, we'll probably... I'm assuming we're going to review this next week, right?
1: I would imagine, probably.
0: I mean, we got to finish it. We did the first two.
1: <laughs> it does seem... I, think, I mean, I kind of want to stop, but I guess.
0: Yeah, I wasn't. I was a little disappointed with the last one, but I mean, this one. It's, uh, hopefully, it's cool. The trailer made it look kind of cool. I feel like they also like spoiled way too much in the trailer, so that was a bit of a bummer.
1: Uh resume not watching the trailer
0: ever. Yeah. Uh, we also have Lyle Lyle Crocodile coming out. Oh yeah. Yeah based on the uh, popular book series, live-action CG musical comedy.
1: Oh, boy. This
0: looks horrible. I'm sorry. It just looks bad. Also, it looks like he's wearing a Florida Gators sweatshirt, and yet he's a crocodile. I don't know what that's all about. Mm -hmm. I guess you can be a Florida Gators fan, even though you're a crocodile. Seems kind of,
1: well, I guess some sort of... Solidarity
0: thing there. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that's pretty much it for theaters. Let's take a look at what we have on Blu-ray. The eleventh. So probably as you're listening to this, or yesterday, depending on how how quickly I can edit. Um, we have American Rap Star. What is this about? Oh, this is about the uh, like SoundCloud rappers, like Lil Xan and XXX Tentacion. Mm. You know, just the rise of SoundCloud rap. Yep, yep. We have Frost. 5.25.77. Uh, we got Guardians of Time. Ghoster. Ghoster. Oh, that's like a Casper ripoff from the looks of it.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty bad. We got Spirit Halloween the movie. So, what? not not too many uh not too many movies based on stores out there. But we have one here, Spirit Halloween the movie.
1: Incredible.
0: Are there any are there any other movies that are based on stores? I know we have movies based on Disney rides
1: and and uh you know condiments remember that
0: one remember was it food fight or whatever where it was like (laughs) condiments (laughs) yeah board games i don't know about stores i want to see like walmart the movie (laughs) just hills hills the movie james way
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh god
0: james way is a deep cut i don't know how many people will remember that
1: No, because I think that was a regional thing, too. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I think it was one. It was one of one. You had to live in Red Line.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, anyway, uh, Spirit Halloween, the movie, looks bad. So I don't know what to say about it. I like Spirit Halloween, the store. I think it's always fun to go in there. But, yeah, the movie doesn't look great. It looks sort of like the Goosebumps movies. Where like yeah. stuff comes to life after dark,
1: that would be crazy.
0: But it's it's definitely for kids. Uh, on the thirteenth, we have Dark Glasses. That's going to be on Shutter. This is the Dario Argento one, and because it's on Shutter, I'd give it a light recommend if you if you have Shutter, just because it's 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 decent. It's yeah, it's it's certainly better than like his. I mean, it's his first movie in ten years, so. It's worth a look. There's definitely some uh, interesting aspects to it. Also on Shudder on the 13th, we have She Will. Uh, That one looks like it could be pretty interesting as well. On the 14th, is that Friday? Friday the 14th, yeah. We have the Accursed. What is this about? The Accursed. Mm. Mina Suvari and Sasha Gray. All right two names I haven't heard in a little bit. We got Old Man. That's the new Lucky McGee one. I'll definitely be checking that out. Looks like it could be interesting. Stephen Lang, which the the character that Stephen Lang is playing in this seems like very reminiscent of his character from Don't Breathe. Uh, Let's see. We got Piggy. That's another one that I'm interested in. This one played a lot of festivals, and I just never Mm -hmm. caught up with it. Uh, Accident Man hit man's holiday. I got to say uh we didn't talk about it on the show cuz we had off but I did see the original Accident Man a couple weeks ago.
1: Accident Man.
0: Yeah, it's such a terrible name. Accident Man. It's a um it's a Scott Atkins vehicle. And gotcha. The first one's not too bad. It's based on a comic book, and the the premise is kind of interesting. He's a hitman, but the way the way in which he kills people is by making it look like accidents. So he devises um, these like elaborate ways to kill people to make it look like an accident. okay the the, the the big issue that I had with the first one was that there weren't enough of those. Like it was That's mostly funny. him just fighting other people. Oh, so
1: yeah. Doesn't that undercut the whole premise of who he is? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. It was an accident. I kicked the shit out of (laughs) them. Yeah. Yeah. But at any rate,
0: there's a sequel here that's coming out. So I don't know. The first one was fine. This one will probably be fine too. It looks like a pretty standard Scott Atkins thing. Uh, We got Lou coming out on Netflix. We got Halloween ends on Peacock. As we mentioned, and it looks like that's about it for VOD on Blu-ray this week uh, let's see we have Shredder from 2001
1: oh yeah what is
0: this this is Scorpion releasing death what
1: I see this? dead people
0: death to snowboarders Uh uh-huh. okay alright might give that one a look we have To Kill a Mockingbird and coming out in 4k Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure coming out in 4K. Let's see. Uh, Night Visitor from 1989. All right. That one looks interesting. Got The Score from 2001. I have a poster for The Score, actually, (laughs) for some reason.
1: Did you have what?
0: A poster for the movie The Score, starring Robert De Niro and Edward Norton. Okay. It's a bad movie. It's a very bad movie, and yet I have a poster for it.
1: Is it a good poster Nope.
0: Nope. It's a horrible poster. <laughs> you can throw it out. I don't know where it is, so it might be gone. Actually, I, I think it's at my dad's house. I have like a million. Po- I used to work at a movie theater, for those of you That's who great. don't know. Yeah. So I, I ended up getting it when I was working there.
1: We got a bunch of used, shitty posters. Oh yeah, some
0: good ones, but a lot of shit. We got Cold Heaven from 1991. The Godfather series looks like it's coming out in 4K. I'm kind of surprised that's not hasn't already come out in four 4K. Like yeah. maybe, maybe this is some kind of I don't know.
1: You think that would be one of the first ones when you you right out with that technology? Definitely. Uh looks like there's
0: another film noir pack coming out. This is uh the ninth set that's coming out. Oh. This this contains Lady on a train, uh Tangier, and Take One False Step. I, I need to I need to fill out my Film Noir watching list here. Uh Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind
1: Mm mm-hmm classic
0: I will say that the I think it was like the scorpion one that came out a couple years ago was actually quite good like they're they're pretty high quality um beast from earlier this year that's the one with Idris Elba blind fury from 1989 I want to see that I I have yet to see blind fury looks hilarious jack frost 2 Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. This is going to be part of the MVD Rewind collection. It's got a great cover. Nosferatu from 1922. Um, There's a lot of shit. Uh, Barbarians from earlier this year. Uh, We have Tiny Cinema. Curse 3, Blood Sacrifice from 1991. Um, Shark, The Beginning. Yes. Yes. We have, but th- it's not a shark movie though. It looks like it's a martial arts action movie. Uh, we have Wire Room, uh, Squeal from earlier this year. That was a that was a weird one. That was a that was a that was a very strange movie. Oh yeah, yeah. It's about a guy who gets kidnapped, and they the people who kidnap him kind of like turn him into a pig. Sort of. It's uh yeah. it's weird. It's kind of a weird one. It's good though. I'd recommend it. What about criterions this week?
1: Here we got two. We got Lost Highway, my dog's excited about. Oh
0: yeah, that's a biggie.
1: That's a that's a big one right there. And then you got Frank Frank uh, Capra's Arsenic and Old Lace. Mm-hmm. Gary Grant. Love that cover. Mm-hmm. That is a great cover.
0: Cool. So two solid ones right there. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of good stuff coming out. October's always the best.
1: Such a great month.
0: Really is. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at Film and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That'd be great. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.